first song. The splendor of the King Clothed in majesty Let all the earth rejoice Let all the earth rejoice He wraps himself in light And darkness tries to hide And trembles at his voice at his voice how great is our God sing with me how great is our God and all will see how great how great is our God from age to age you stand Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning, for this chance to be together. Lord, we thank you so much for the blessings we give, that we get from you and that we receive. Lord, I ask this morning that you bless the message that we're about to receive as well as the music we play and our fellowship time together. Lord, none of this is, none of this is something that's available without you, and Lord, we recognize that. So it's all of these things that we pray in Jesus' name and all God's people say. I don't want to be 
every time I face the waves. I don't want to be afraid. I don't want to be afraid. And I don't want to fear the storm just because I hear it roar. I don't want to fear the storm. I don't want to fear the storm. Beautiful song. And isn't that the tension of what goes on in life? Uh, fear versus faith. And uh, we're going to take a moment. We're going to pray about this and confess to God that, yeah, we struggle. And too often we fear and we need faith. But why don't you be seated? And I'm going to take you on that journey of confession and forgiveness. Oh, good and gracious God, we come to you this morning 
And, and we know that you have a desire that your church would be the people of God exhibiting faith at all times. But as we, um, as we, as we struggle uh, with our sin and we struggle with uh, the fear that comes as a result of it, we're not always the church you want us to be. We shrink back, we go our own way, we do our own thing. As a result of that, we have sinned against you. So we come to you this morning and we humbly confess all of this sin and we are seeking from you what only you can provide. And that is forgiveness of sins and a faith that is strong and bold and a faith that will give you all the glory and honor. So we ask that your Holy Spirit would be given to us in such a powerful way that faith would increase and your kingdom would increase through your church and through your people. Thank you for hearing our confession and thank you for your response in the sending of your son and his life, death, and resurrection that brings us forgiveness with you. Thank you for your grace, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And, and I don't know how you feel about that, but those moments of being honest with God really are those moments where we are vulnerable to him. And so we're honest and we say we messed up, we, we need grace, and then he responds right away. And he says, I love you. I've taken away your sin as far as the east is from the west, and I will remember your sins no more. To me, that's the glory of being in Christ, forgiven and renewed and redeemed and given another opportunity to be what he's called us to be, his church and his people. Amen. All right, a couple announcements as we move forward in worship. Don't forget, if you have any prayer requests, you have an opportunity to text them in if, if you are sitting here right now. In fact, the number is 402-242-5051. And that'll go right to somebody, and then we'll make sure we include that in worship today. Also, if you are live streaming on Facebook, there's the comment section. You could type in your prayer request. We'll include that in worship as well. The other thing that we've been doing now for several months, ever since COVID-19 has hit, is we have given you an opportunity to give of your tithes and offerings uh, digitally. And you can do that everything from text to give to online giving or go to our church center app and you'll have an opportunity to be able to give and support the ongoing mission and ministry of 1C Church. And with all of these things, we just ask you to prayerfully consider the blessings God has given you and how we get to respond to him and say thank you. So may this moment of prayers and giving be something that we do all for the glory of God. Thank you.
Lord Jesus, you are high and lifted above every other name, and we praise you in this moment in our lives. And as we get ready to open up your word, as we look into the scriptures, as we want to learn from you, we ask now that you would pour out your Holy Spirit, that same spirit who was powerfully at work in that early church, on that Pentecost and beyond. And we pray that that spirit would start stirring within our hearts, our minds, our lives. That you would prepare us to learn from your word what you want your people to know. And increase our faith and trust in you. So that we, your church, would be your church. Now and forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We continue our journey uh, with the theme, Spirit Driven, and today we're going to take a look at the church, God's desire, God's plan, the way in which he wants to move in and through us, and I'll even say even in spite of us. He's got dreams and plans and hopes for his church. I want to take you to uh, the scripture here from Acts chapter 247, this image, this moment is powerful. It says, so those who received his word were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So if you just picture that day of Pentecost, right? Remember Acts chapter 2, we find uh, the Holy Spirit coming in the form of uh, fire on top of their heads. Uh, the disciples were speaking a language that wasn't their own and was speaking in the language of the people. And all of a sudden, this movement. And Peter was then preaching about this Jesus who came to this earth, who suffered and died and rose again. And as a result of that, something dramatically happened. And we see this number 3,000, and we see this movement and moment in the course of history. And if you turn back the clock, so to speak, and, and you look back on the history, I'll just say every historian, Christian or non-Christian, they look back to this moment of the early church, and they say something remarkable happened. There's never been a religion, and we'll just put that in that category, that has had this kind of growth in such a short period of time. The numbers were remarkable. Why? And we'll say the Holy Spirit, we'll say that the disciples, 2,000 years ago, they were focused and fixed on the resurrection of Jesus and all that it meant for them and for the world. Okay. Powerful. Now, if you recall, we, uh, we talked about Luke chapter 24, and this was... Uh, Jesus preparing his disciples. Jesus telling them what's going to be happening. And so it says, Repentance and forgiveness of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. So here is this little hint to the disciples, that in order for you to be my witnesses, in order for you to be the kind of church you need to be, you need to be clothed with the power from on high. And namely, it's the Holy Spirit. And it was about two, yeah, two weeks ago, I shared with you a list. And this is the actual slide from two weeks ago. Attitudes of those clothed with power from on high. And, and I went through the list. I read each one. I'm not going to read them all today, but I mean, everything from I am God's child, I am Christ's friend, I have been justified, I'm united with Christ, um, I've, not, I've not been given a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and self-discipline. I mean, the list goes on and on. And if you recall, I took this list from the New Testament letters. You know, this is after the Holy Spirit was given. This is when the church was starting to grow and thrive and make a difference. 
But these were attitudes that through the Holy Spirit, inspiring Paul and other writers, this is the attitude of those who have been clothed from on high. I believe there's another attitude, and it, it was identified in the book of Acts. And it is the attitude of being devoted. And we're going to get into that in just a moment, but I want to give you a definition. Because you may have a definition in your mind. But to continue to do something with intense effort, despite difficulty, that's devotion. And I don't know what comes to mind for you when you think of people who are devoted. Um, I can go back a little bit and think about some like athletes, like Michael Jordan. I mean, you look at his work ethic, you look at all the things that he did in order to be, I think personally, the best basketball player that ever walked on the face of the earth, apart from me. Just joking. Just joking. My kids, when, when um, they were little, and Michael Jordan was a, you know, kind of a big thing, they said I was a better basketball player than him. I think they've come to their senses. Anyway, Michael Jordan would have this work ethic of starting early in the morning, like 4.30. This is before practice. He would have his own practice at his own um, gym, at his own house. And he would do some ridiculous things to make sure that he would be the best ever. And maybe you've met people like that. Maybe musicians that have just put countless hours of devotion to whatever they were doing. Well, for me, in light of the fact that next week is Father's Day, I think it's the greatest holiday other than Christmas Easter that there is, right? Father's Day should be celebrated, you know, whatever. I think about, about my dad. My dad, when, when I think about people who are devoted, my dad was devoted. Some of you heard the story. Remember when he was a teenager, he, he went to boxing, and he was an incredible boxer. And the reason he won the Golden, um, Golden Gloves Championship in Milwaukee the reason he got a full-ride scholarship to the University of Madison, the reason that he was able to turn pro is because of his work ethic. He would tell me the things that he would do in order to be the kind of boxer that he did. And I'm, I, and I'm like, wow, this is, this is over the top. The number of hours that he dedicated and devoted to the sport of boxing. But as some of you know, you know, it got a little bit shady, a little bit, you know, the integrity question was there. So he said, I'm leaving this. So then he comes, he goes back to Milwaukee and he becomes a police officer. And he devotes 37 years, two days, right? Two months and three days, I'm sorry. And he was devoted. I mean, he would put his eight-hour shift in and then he would do another eight hours. And, and he just was devoted. But the one thing that really gets to me is his devotion to his family. You know, 52 years of marriage, and the only thing that caused them not to be together was death. He took his vows serious. And you could see the devotion in his attitude and his actions. That's devoted. Powerful. And I'll just say this, even in his old age, you know, as he, he got older, um, he still was devo devoted. And he used to do leg lifts. So here he is, I think he was 75, he had Alzheimer's, right? And I would go into his, um, like we built this mother-in-law suite, and my dad would be on the floor with his arms by the couch doing leg lifts. He would literally do 1,000, maybe 2,000 a day. He would just be doing it. And he had, uh, you know, a six-pack rock, you know, the abs were like, like mine. <laughs> well, don't, la don't laugh, but yeah, it's funny. But he was so devoted to it. But here's one thing. And this is, this is a, uh, we'll just say a little painful. My dad was not necessarily devoted to the scriptures, to going to church. I mean, when we would eat, we would, it would be first come, first serve, you know, get your food and just get going. And, you know, the whole spiritual thing was never important. We didn't go to church much. But I'll just tell you the good news. As he got older in age, there's something that happened here for him. And his devotion to 
to the Lord and to going to heaven and seeing his bride. Um, it was just, again, very remarkable. Well, today we're going to talk about what does it mean to be devoted. And again, we have this word. But the early church was very specific in its devotion as outlined in the Bible. You go to Acts chapter 2 and you find these four things there was a devotion to. The apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and the prayers. And I'm going to tell you now and I'm going to tell you a little bit later in the sermon. I believe that if we the church today, which, which are the people, right? It's not the building. If we increase our devotion in these four areas, I believe that the kingdom of God will expand further. Because of God's spirit and God's people. Let me say it again. I want you to hear this. I believe that if the church and the people who make up the church, right, you and me, if our devotion to these four things would increase, I am confident that by the power of the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God would get uh, furthered in a profound way. So I want to walk through each one. I want to make some comments, uh, not a lot, but these four things are so vital to the well-being of us individually and the well-being of the church in a community that if we, again, take this serious, watch what God will do. So let's walk through each one just separately. So the beginning says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. What did that mean? Now remember, who did they learn from? So it's not just, quote, their teaching, but as they watched Jesus for three and a half years navigate on this earth. And what did he do? He, yeah, he did some miracles, he did some teaching, but ultimately he showed the love of God in some real profound ways. He loved the people that weren't always lovely. The people who may be on the outskirts of life, the marginalized. And he would step into their world and he would love them in real tangible ways. And they were watching that. So Jesus taught with words but also actions. So then when the, the apostles started teaching, they were teaching what Jesus taught them. And so those first followers 2,000 years ago, they were locked in on this teaching. And it wasn't just a glance. And I'll just tell you, I don't know about you, there are times when I look at the Bible or the teachings you find in the Bible, I'll just glance at it. And I think what God wants for us is a wholehearted devotion to the Word of God. So that when we're looking at life and we're trying to make decisions or navigate through life, our source and norm for life is not popular opinion, but rather the apostles' teaching, which was based on Jesus. And if, and if, and when we do that, some fantastic things take place. And here's verse 43. And fear came upon every soul. Now, remember, there's many different ways to look at fear. There's one kind of fear that makes you run, you know, run out of the way. You know, you're running from something. But this kind of fear, when they looked into the scriptures, they would drop on their knees because they realized the God of the universe, powerful enough to make things and yet personal enough to know what we need. I think it's the more of the sense of awe and wonder, right? So fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. How many of you believe that there are wonders and signs even today? Raise your hand. I'll just tell you, raise your hand, everybody. I mean, this is, this is the truth. The problem for, you know, at least in my life, and you're, you're, you're as human as I am, I am distracted from the wonders and signs. I mean, an example. How many of you have taken a breath within the last five minutes? Hopefully, or we have to address something. That is a wonder. Do you know how much have to, has to happen in order for a breath to take place? It's not... It's not just like a matter of fact, but don't we take it for granted? When my mom became ill and she had emphysema, 
she realized how important breathing was and how every breath was a gift. I believe God is doing wonders and signs today. It's the breath you have. It's the life that we have. It's the food that he provides. I mean, all these different things. And he wants us to be looking at that and give him thanks. And I believe it really starts and it really happens when we are devoting ourselves to the word of God, to his teaching for you and me. All right, that's number one. Number two. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship. Now, again, the Greek word for fellowship is koinonia. The word koina literally means in common. And if you just back up for a moment and think of the word fellow and ship. Fellow means people, all to whatever. Ship means, well, have you, how many of you have ever been on a ship? How many of you would go on a ship now? Right? I mean, some of you would, okay? But really, when you're on a ship, there is a destination. So when you're on the ship, hopefully you're in agreement with the destination. Like if you're on a ship and it's, it's going to the Caribbean, yet you want to go to Norway, I mean, I mean, that's kind of a big difference. So when you get on the ship, you are actually being in agreement that we're going to go in the same direction together. That's the attitude of the early church. We're in this together. And then we see really what was the result or what it looked like. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they sold their possessions and goods and distributed them to all as any had need. And before you get nervous, thinking I'm going to preach and talk about uh, every one of you, please give me your bank accounts and your car titles and... That's not what I think this means. But we do see this, that there is a moment when we take what God has given us to help other people. There is this movement that, that is in the church. When you go back, there's, our, our, there's historians that have written about the history of the Christians. That, you know, they were called that. And a historian with uh, one of the early emperors of Rome wrote and said, these Christians, or Christ followers, are different than anybody else. The way in which they take care of orphans and widows, the way in which they, it was noticeable back then. Is it noticeable today? And I... Honestly, I've had to wrestle with this today because sometimes I forget. Okay? Sometimes I don't see the people around me who have need. Sometimes I don't think that we have all these things in common. Rather, I see them as mine. I've worked hard for this. So I believe that the attitude of the early church that was driven by the Holy Spirit was the attitude that said, you know what, anything I have has been a gift of God and I'm going to use it for the furthering of God's kingdom. And I'm going to listen and I'm going to see and I'm going to watch the people that God put, puts into my life and how I can use these gifts and blessings for others. And I'll tell you, it's not just money, it's our time. And I'll say sometimes I am the worst when it comes to my time stuff. Uh, those of you that know me, I am a very driven person. There is point A and point B. And I go from point A to point B very effectively and very efficiently. And if all of a sudden something gets in the middle of that, I get a little whatever, ornery. So just forgive me for those moments, right? But I believe what God wants us to do is us together as a group of people moved by the word of God and in fellowship with each other make a difference here in Columbus and wherever God calls us to make a difference. All right? Third, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship to the breaking of bread. Now look at verse 46. 
And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they partook of food with glad and sincere hearts. So, as the Holy Spirit is moving Luke, remember Luke is the, um, the uh, not just a, a gospel writer, but he is putting in front of us in the book of Acts, what were they doing together? So the word of God, and again, fellowship, but they were going to church together, and they were also eating together. So commentators and theologians will say, well, I'm not sure exactly what Luke is getting at here, but it's probably two things. Number one, they would get together and they would have communion, the Lord's Supper. And number two, they would get together and break bread together as an eating. Why is that significant in the life of believers? There is a, uh, a pastor who is in uh, the Georgia area, and he, he tries to paint the picture of uh, ministry using three different rooms of a house. He talks about the entry or the foyer, you know, by the front door. Then he talks about the living room, and then he talks about the kitchen. And he says, you know what, all three of them are a little bit different. And then he would explain it. So example, when you go to somebody's house and you walk into their entryway, I don't know what you would call it, the foyer, it's right by the door. You walk in, and what do you talk about when you get to the door? Pretty surfacey things, right? You talk about the weather, right? You could talk about the Green Bay Packers, which would be very significant to me, but maybe not to you. But you just talk about really kind of simple things, not really complicated. So then afterwards, you, you know, you, maybe you take your coat off and they hang it up and then you go into the living room and you sit down and you, you start engaging a little bit more with people. But he says, you know, when you get to the kitchen or you get to a dining room table and you're sitting there and you're looking eye to eye with somebody, those are the moments where you're going deep. Where this emotional, spiritual intimacy goes to another level. Pretty powerful stuff. And so what Luke is telling us is, yeah, people got together in church like this. But it didn't end there. They got together beyond. And they would break bread together. They would eat together. They would live life together. Because together is powerful. So again, these pictures, beautiful pictures of what God wants to do in and through people. All right, now the last one. This is part four. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, number one, fellowship, number two, breaking of bread, number three, and then prayers. Wow. I don't know if you ever think about what, when you pray with somebody, together what that means and what that does it is a moment of being vulnerable it is a moment being vulnerable together right in fact in 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 my marriage uh, uh, this is being honest with you there are times when Kristen and I will see something differently and sometimes I'll even be emotional and passionate about something that I think this and she thinks that and I want to have a really long conversation because I know that if we have a conversation long enough, I'll win, right? But then she pulls this prayer card thing on me. Well, Jim, do you think we should pray about this? I'm like, oh, come on, you're going to do that? And then we do. And then in that prayer time, as God's spirit is knitting our hearts together, we start sifting through the differences and all of a sudden there is this moment where we're together. That's what the early church did. How are we doing today with prayer, with each other? Verse 47, it says, praising God and having favor with all the people. I don't know if you know what the word favor is. Favor is a really great thing. It's, it's like smiling and having joy and peace with each other. And I think that's what prayer does. It brings us together 
uh, whether it's on our knees or not, but we are at least coming together. So here is a list, a pretty neat list. But let me, let me walk you through this. This is a summary of the early church, and I'm going to pause after each one of these points, and I want you to just ask God, how am I doing individually? You know, these four areas that were powerful in the life of the early church, how am I doing today in 2020? And be honest. And the truth is, none of us are doing these perfectly, but let's, let's reflect on them. They focused a lot on the teaching of the apostles. How are you doing on that? And my, my moment in being in the word of God and listening to the teaching, sometimes it's hot, like, boy, it couldn't be any better. I'm reading the word of God. I'm really studying it. I'm, I'm letting it become integral in my life. And then there are sometimes I just glance at it. There are times when I will have spiritual ADD sometimes where I'll look right at the word of God and I'm intently looking at that. And then there's times when I'm like, you know, what else is out there? What does popular opinion say? And yet God just keeps calling us, come to my word, be focused in on that. Watch and listen to what I have to say for your well-being and for the furthering of the kingdom. All right, they experienced wonders and signs. Don't be so busy. Don't be so distracted to miss the wonders and signs that God is doing today. In you and through you, even in spite of you. Notice what God is doing. Then, this is a little bit longer, they lived in a state of wonder and awe as they saw day in and day out the stark reality of God in healings and deliverances and changed lives of people being added to the church. I mean, this movement, this, this power of the Holy Spirit doing its thing, like next week, we're going to be talking about healings. And I'll just say, this is a tough topic. Because why wouldn't God heal everybody? Well, I'm going to touch on that next week. But I do believe he does heal. The only question is when. Okay? And I like control over that. But I don't have control over that. Okay? So, how are you doing with this? On the next slide. Uh, they shared their possessions as freely with the needy as though they didn't even own them. I, I don't know about you. Again, I, I hold some of my things a little bit more closely than I should. I forget about the fact that God is the giver of every good and perfect gift. Everything I have, I have got received from him, and they're really on loan. And the purpose, he's, the reason he's given them for me these gifts, is so that I would share them. And again, it's not just, quote, money or possessions, it's even our time, okay? How about this? They spent time in big groups in the temple. This is church thing, so you're doing that today. But I'll say, it's changing. Um, again, church researchers have sat back and said, you know what, things have changed dramatically. I've seen it in my 31 years of ministry. Once upon a time, we didn't have as many distractions. Now we have so many distractions. And so what the church researchers say is that once upon a time, people would worship four times a month. They would just, every time they'd come to church unless they're dead. I mean, they're just there. But now it's gone down to three or two times. And the reason is, other things have gotten priority in life. And I'm seeing this in the country today. We used to be a Christian nation, and we really had no doubt about that. But today, there's many people, and I'm one of them, that say we're in a post-Christian era. Where instead of God being in the center, and everything that we do revolves around God... Something else is in the middle. And then we fit in whatever we can. Okay. 
They ate together in their homes almost every day. How are you doing with spending time with other people? How about this? And when they met each other, they met God. They prayed and they praised. How do you feel like you're doing? Like the confession time earlier, the truth is we all fail, we all fall short of what God desires for us. But the beautiful thing is because of Jesus we're redeemed and because of Jesus we have new opportunities. And again, think about that list. The apostles' teaching to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. We have new opportunities. And I believe that when those four things are happening in our life more fully, this is what happens. To me, again, fear, this is more of a sense of awe and wonder. When when we live our life and we have our responsibilities, I get that. But when we are focused in on, on these four things as priorities in our life, as in what we do and what we're about, there's nothing better than seeing a child who is taking in something that has caused this awe and wonder look like, wow, God is doing great and mighty things. So my prayer is that we would look like this. My prayer is that as we live lives and we're just delighting in God, people around us will say, something about you. How did you get to this place of awe and wonder in God? And that we would then take those moments, that time, to be able to tell them the hope and the joy and the peace we have in Jesus. This world can't give this. Because everything else that this world gives us is temporary. There's only one thing eternal, and that's life in Jesus. So may God's Spirit, which we're going to be talking a lot about over the next couple months, May God's spirit stir within us a faith and a trust to be all about the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. In the name of Jesus, amen. Let's praise him a little bit. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.
God, how great you are, name above all names. Hear our prayers from our 1C family. Prayers of healing for Donna Munch, who is hospitalized and recovering from sepsis. Prayers for the family of Beta Nelson, for comfort and understanding regarding her unexpected passing. For my friend that put me in a bad place, Prayers for a sheriff's deputy's wife. Prayers for healing for my foot. For the police officers that are working today. For my friends to make better choices. For everyone hurting. Prayers for Chris's back. Lord, please help those who are suffering from cancer, mental issues, addictions, or any other issues. Please help our country become strong again in you for giving me your love and mercy, grace and forgiveness, even though I don't deserve it. Thank you for lending me to you, and thank you for all your blessings. Prayers as I am doing a second round of chemo, that my neuropathy starts getting tolerable, and also that the chemo does its work. Prayers for upcoming decisions this week, for good results from the vet. For me to break free from my anxiety and depression. Please watch over and guide and protect me, my children and my family. Please work through us and guide what we do and say. Please also pray that my husband comes back to church. Dear God, please help my daughters. They need you. They are so young, and some sometimes they feel lost. Guide their steps. Lord, let your church, your bride, be clothed with the power on high. Each person, each individual, church, and then the worldwide body of Christ, the universe, the church of Christ. For the Holy Spirit to move across our nation, this world, and to bring ever so many people to faith, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. For our pastor to have a peaceful heart and mind as he lovingly cares for our church in this community. Daily pour out your spirit on him with all of your love, wisdom, humility, faithfulness, peace, and joy. May the joy of the Lord be his strength. For Eric Mashmeyer to have a good birthday today. Pray for him because he lost his grandpa this week. Prayers for the Tucson Santa Catalina Mountains, 9,000 acres, burned. Now, Lord, calm the winds. Please send the rain and restore what has been destroyed. For all the prodigal children to return to faith in their Savior, Jesus Christ. Prayers for a friend needing a job. For the ability to move the way you are leading without fear or hesitation. Gracious God, you are worthy of our praise. We honor you. We glorify you. We thank you for hearing our prayers. Continue to pour out your never-ending grace 
mercy and love down on us through your son, Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. As God's people, let's take time to profess our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand, God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Before we conclude with the blessing and the last song, a couple quick announcements. Uh, today, right after this service, we will be having a voters meeting. So, if you're a member of 1C, we, we would love for you to, to stay and be a part of it as we talk about election of leadership team. Also, you know, looking at, um, well, letting you know we're going to look at bylaws and constitution stuff. And we just want to communicate with you what's taking place in the life of the congregation. So, following the service, we'd love for you to stay around. I, I don't think it should be a long um, uh, meeting, but can't promise that, you know. Because I'll be doing a little talking, so. <laughs> Not that funny, Brianna. <laughs> okay, Greg. Yeah, if you are a guest with us this morning, we are very glad that you're here worshiping with us. Um, we'd love to have a chance to meet you. So whether you're worshiping with us in person or online, you can text the keyword 1C guest. That's number one, letter C, guest, all one word, to the number 94,000. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we can follow up and, and connect with you and meet you. So we'd love to have a chance to do that. Um, also, there's a, a blood drive going on right now till 2 p.m. If you have not registered for that, you can stop by. It's in the east um, part of the building and see if they have any spots available if you'd like to donate blood today. Good. And, uh, and again, thank you for coming. Uh, we do want to hear back from you. So as you've experienced different things, you know, quote, in the COVID world, um, how we're doing, how do you feel comfortable about that? Uh, we do want to hear, so let us know. Also, start letting other people know. You know, if you feel like we're doing a good job and it's safe, and I think there are some people that are still wondering. So, you know, let them know your experience. I think that's important. And uh, what else? Oh, following the service. Okay. We're going to have you seated after the song, and then we're going to have uh, ushers starting on this side let people out just so we can have a, a good flow of people, you know, making their way out. So let me share with you now the blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Let's stand and sing. Letting go of every single dream, I lay each one down at your feet. Every moment of my wandering never changes what you see. I've tried to
shine. 